Hey, and welcome to For the Podcast. This is episode 38. I'm Michael, as always, here with my good friends, Jason and Arnab. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. So, we had two episodes just posted yesterday, or today. Yeah. Well, uh, when people, when the mass will, masses will be reading this, it'll be t- yesterday, so. Probably like last <laughs> well, week. Well, yeah, you mean like in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Mike. Hey, I got those out on, they were ready to go on Sunday morning. That's true, that's true. I was away for the weekend, so uh, I only got around to posting them today, which is Monday, and we're recording. So, uh, hopefully we can uh, continue this momentum. Yeah, <laughs> we're on a streak here. Let's we'll let's see. keep it yeah. going. Uh, follow up. the The first bit of follow up is uh, they announced pre order dates for the PlayStation VR, um, and they start tomorrow. Or by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be uh, two weeks from now or two weeks. PlayStation ago. VR is sold out. Yeah, <laughs> my, my pre order is up for sale. <laughs> so, are both of you guys going to pre order this? Yes. Yeah. Well, so what time does it start, Mike? Um, starts at, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific, um, on, I think everywhere. Um, but you know, they're selling the non-bundle version, I think the following week. Okay. So this one's going to be a bundle, right? And we had said the, the non-bundle is what, $3.99? Yeah. No move controllers, no camera, right? Yep. So what's in the bundle? The bundle has the two move controllers, the camera. Oh, and a camera. Yep. Oh, for $500. So I think if you, yeah, if you need to buy, I think just the move controllers by themselves probably would be, would add up to that $100. I don't know how much they are actually. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely try to get this one because I don't have a camera or move controllers, uh, for, so I'll, I'll do it for $500. Yeah. I was actually, do you guys ever, um, go to tested.com? No. What is that? It's, uh, you guys know the guy from Mythbusters, uh, Adam Savage and Jamie Heineman? Yeah, they they yep. have this website, and they're actually not on it that much. They have other people do a lot of content on it, but they do a lot of like reviews and stuff. So I was watching a video, um, and they were saying that because the Move controllers are are a few generations old, the ones from you know they haven't really changed in years. Uh, you can get them for pretty cheap online used if if you want to get them. So I would do a little bit of shopping to see if it's you can get it for even cheaper because they were saying they found move controllers for like thirty forty bucks online. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you can get them cheaper, but like if I have to buy a camera, which is maybe thirty dollars, forty dollars, and I can get used move controllers for thirty dollars, and this is an additional hundred dollars that gives me all three of them new. I feel like that's probably the easier way to go. Oh, they're like twenty five dollars yeah, new from Amazon. Oh, okay, never mind. I'll wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, it's probably you know twenty five dollars each new or for both. Uh, each. Okay, so that's fifty bucks, and if you get a camera for forty, fifty bucks, it's pretty much the same. So, I guess yeah. Jason's point is is well taken that it's m- maybe not worth you know for twenty dollars having to go through the trouble. Yeah, the PlayStation Four camera on Amazon is fifty. So, oh, so there you go. Well, okay. Well, one question I have about the uh, the controllers, right? Yeah. Is um, do you have just one move controller per person? Uh, are two two per person, right? I guess there's only one VR unit. Mm-hmm. So you get one for each hand. Yep. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they were saying though on that tested video that I saw, and we can link it on the on the notes later. But that very few of the games actually use the move controllers, at least the ones they tested. Mm-hmm. And that the ones they tested that used the move controllers actually didn't work that well. They had to kind of make very deliberate motions with it, as opposed to the games that just used the controller actually worked a little bit better um, because they didn't have to kind of make as kind of stilted, uh, deliberate motions. Okay. Huh. So there was a uh, a demo that I played at E3 where it was kind of like a, like a getaway where you were in a car with... Um like a getaway driver and you were being chased and people were shooting at you. And then, you know, you could go into like the little center console and pick up some like uh, guns and magazines and stuff. Um, and I thought that stuff worked really well, but, uh, I don't know. It was also probably a pretty, maybe a polished demo and pretty limited. So, so in that demo, right? Cause, um, over the weekend, a friend of the show, Dracket linked a pretty cool VR video of, um, like a gun range. And, uh, you can choose different guns and you have to like, 
you know, hit the safety to turn it on or to turn to disable the safety and then like reload the magazines and you shoot bullets and like, the shells go popping out. And it seemed really cool um, just because it seemed pretty realistic. But how accurate are these move controllers or, you know, these these motion controllers in general for VR systems that like when you're trying to like click the safety button, do you actually know what you're trying to do and then do it? Or are you just kind of in that area and you do like a motion and it will just do the safety for you? Like, is it like a one-to-one? Like you actually have to pretend like you're holding like a model gun? Um, yeah. I don't, see, I don't remember. I, I just remember you had to put like the, the magazine into the gun and it seemed, it seemed like you had to get pretty close. Um, I don't, I don't think they did like they had motions as, you know, as complicated as, you know, releasing the safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They, they, I'm sure there's some leeway with, like, with the, with the development. So, you know, you get near this, like, general area, but it felt pretty good. Like, I wouldn't say I was just, like, kind of in the general area and then it worked. You kind of had to be, you know, you could, like, finesse the magazine into the gun. And it felt like you were in control of that. I, I feel like if you guys are investing $400 into, you know, the, the VR system, you should do the extra 50 bucks for the move controllers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the camera then too, so you can track where you are, um, uh, or the, the game can track where you are. So, so do you think it would be worth it for me to buy it, even though I don't have a PS4 to try to resell it for more money later? I mean, you probably can. I don't know if it's going to be like, if that was your game, right? If that was your goal is to like buy stuff to resell, there's probably other items that you can get that are going to like, like, I don't know, the new iPhone. You like easily make like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeezys, things like that. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you can probably make some money, but I mean, are you going to be making like $500 in profit? Probably not, right? All right, then never mind. I mean, I guess you never know because you could just pre-order it and Amazon doesn't charge you until the end. It's not like they're going to hold your $500 hostage. So you could just see how it is. Just, you know, wake up at seven, pre-order it. And then if it, if they're selling out, then you can hold on to it. And if not, you can just cancel it. What about the poor child who uh, has been dreaming his whole life about VR and he wakes up only to find out that it's been sold out and Arnab's coming down uh, selling it for a double? He could clearly buy it from then me. He can go to Arnab's eBay store. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. He could buy it from me for the low, low price of $800. Oh, man. You guys are evil. <laughs> okay. Uh, another Sony news and follow-up. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, Phil Spencer, right? Is that his name? The Xbox... Uh, Head of Xbox. Yep. And uh, he kind of hinted at some things to come uh, for Xbox where it could become like a modular upgradable system, right? And apparently there's a uh, Ars Technica story that came out over the weekend that said that uh, Sony is also working on upgradable uh, parts for its PS4. They called it a PS4.5 that would have upgraded graphics, upgraded processor. It could handle 4K, probably uh, bump up the specs for VR, things like that. Uh, what do you think? So this sounds more like, or less modular and more like a new console. Oh, okay. Right, right. But, but like, I guess our, our whole thing was that console lifespans were increasing in length, right? And so we would go maybe five to 10 years between consoles. Yeah. And so it looks like this is not a PS5, but, uh, and so I guess, what I gather from that is that there's some backwards compatibility, like the PS4 games will run, even if it's a different hardware system. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the master of this has kind of been Nintendo with their handheld systems. Like they'll release the DS and then they'll release a 3DS, which is basically the same. It adds something, a little more power, like a bigger screen. You can play old DS games. It's all, it's like all backwards compatible, but then there are new games that only can run on the 3DS. Um, and so, I mean, I think it works. I was, you know, this, this kind of thing would make me worry about fragmentation and splitting the user base, like something like a 32X, you know, back in the Genesis days. Um, but I, I, it's doable and it makes sense. I'm sure Sony would want the, want to shorten these console generations. Um, and without going straight to a full blown PS5, this seems like a nice way to do it. Okay, so two things. So you're more worried about this fragmenting it than, say, the Xbox modular mm. system, right? No, I'd also be worried about. I'd also be worried about that as well. Okay, but then what about like things like the the iPhone, right? So they they come out with a new iPhone roughly every year. We'll get more. We'll 
we'll get back to that, uh, I guess, later this episode. But um, roughly every year they come up with a new iPhone and it has better graphics, right? Or new iPads that come up with better graphics. And there's no real problem with uh, the existing games not working or, like, people not being able to play the newest games on the older hardware. Like, I mean, it exists, but, like, it's not like the, it's a, a huge issue where people can't cope with this thing, right? Like, so what, why would it be different for consoles if they could just come out with another PS4 4.5? Uh, don't you think people are kind of used to this by now? Well, people don't use their phones just for games. People use consoles just for games. Oh, yeah, right, right. People can do other things. Like, games aren't, aren't like, the first priority. But what I'm saying is, like, if you come up with Infinity Blade, right, uh, it'll run on all the systems, and maybe it'll run better on the newest iPad versus the old iPad. But, you know, people seem to... They, they can handle this, right? They're not like, wait, what do you mean it's not going to work on my uh, iPad, right? Like, or what do you mean it's going to have worse graphics like they kind of understand that these things upgrade and you know you need the newest ipad to run the games at the best quality yeah and i think maybe apple has maybe done a good job in i think there's some kind of artificial barriers sometimes they limit games by os releases like this won't run below a certain ios and so you kind of remove some of the older hardware that can't run on that kind of so it kind of selects out anyways um but you know you're right. That's true. They just don't. Some of the games will just take longer to load and not run as well, and maybe not have as many graphical effects. So maybe that's the thing that they can apply to the console world. Okay. And the other thing was uh, you'd mentioned Nintendo is like the master of this, right? Yeah. And I I I kind of want to bring back Nintendo because a couple weeks and maybe about a month ago we talked about rumors of the NX, right? And one of the the headlining features was that. It's going to be a console that has current gen graphics, quote unquote, current gen. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, they're really just catching up with consoles that came out two years ago, right? And then you guys said, well, the console lifespan is longer now, so they should be okay. Like they're, they're getting in soon enough into this generation that they're not going to be left behind, right? Uh, but now it looks like there's going to be a four, PS4.5. There's going to be upgradable, uh, Xbox systems, like, are you afraid now that the NX is going to come out, when is it, later this year, next year sometime, and then, like, the modular Xbox or the PS4.5 comes out even a year or two later, and, and it kind of, bridge, you know, it makes the gap bigger again? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. If If they have, if they come out with 4K support, which I don't think they will, I think that would be huge. Um... Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do that. So, I mean, it just all depends on, you know, how how this, like, 4.5 affects, you know, who's going to move to it. Is is 4K enough? Um, like, are there games that are only going to run on 4.5? Or are they just going to run kind of like iPhone style where maybe the load times are slower? You don't get all the graphics. It, like, runs on, like, a lower graphical setting, like on PC or something. So I don't know, because then 4.5 isn't really that compelling. If it just offers maybe slightly better like draw distances or more like effects. It also depends what current generation graphics mean, right? I mean, maybe that was kind of intentionally lowering the expectations so they can come out at the uh, you know release and and you know release something really cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible. We don't know, I guess. But I mean, if you go by Nintendo's track track record. Um, they generally release underpowered devices and, and they just have better quality games, right? Um, which seems to have worked well for them in the past. Uh, and then I think the big thing was they, they kind of got in trouble with like the Wii, uh, because the graphics were not HD when the Xbox 360 and the PS3 were HD. And so the, the big deal was like, this is going to be current gen graphics. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe if they are better than PS4 and Xbox One, uh, they have, less of a gap there but we'll see yeah i really want to find out more about this nx are they going to announce it at uh e3 this year probably yeah so a couple months it should be a good e3 okay um i wrote something in the next follow-up about the amazon echo it's it's really short um i think a couple weeks ago we were wondering about the privacy aspects and uh, i came across this article in the new york times that says that it only starts streaming data uh when it hears the keyword alexa uh, so if you believe that, um, I think Amazon kind of went out of its way to assure people that it doesn't just listen all the time and stream all this information back to Amazon so you can have your conversations and, and not worry about it eavesdropping. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. We'll and I, don't, see. I don't know if I said this, but you can hear all your Alexa searches um, through the Alexa app. Oh, like it records it? It records it. So you can hear it and then you can help like correct it if it <clears throat> didn't hear you properly or. Yeah, you can. Uh huh. You can delete. And I was like, uh, I need more. I need more scarves for some reason. <laughs> and people are like, hmm. Okay. So one other thing um, that they changed and then changed back, and I haven't read about this anywhere, is uh, so normally when you invoke Alexa to turn on and off lights, it used to say like okay, like it was answering you. Um, and then sometime like last week or the week before. They changed it so that uh, its response was like, uh, it was like sounds. So you would say like, turn off the whatever lights, and it'll go like, da-dun, instead of okay. And so I couldn't find, like, they didn't mention changing this anywhere. And then I found some random, like, complaint thread on Amazon, I think, where people are like, what happened to Alexa? Like, why is she not talking to me anymore? And then today, just like earlier, like this morning I used it, it made the sounds. And then when I came home tonight... He's, she started saying like okay again so i don't know if there was secretly backlash or uh, if there was like a setting that i accidentally changed and didn't even know about um but it, it was kind of strange or she's becoming self-aware yeah or yeah the end is beginning <laughs> i mean she, she saw that you were searching for this issue and she corrected it herself <laughs> i mean with like the encryption thing like it seems like amazon is very susceptible to uh being bullied by the public right yeah Enough people complain and they'll just say, all right, fine, fine, fine. We'll just do whatever you want, right? <laughs> yep. So uh, we should just start asking them to sell the Echo for like $50. <laughs> Let's try Start it. a petition, yeah. Hey, so okay, do, the, do you like the Echo, by the way? Do you, do you think it was worth the 100 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever you pay for it? It was definitely worth the 100 bucks. Wait, or 100 I don't think it was 100 Maybe it was like 129 I forget. Whatever like the early adopter prime price was, it was worth it. And I think the Echo Dot will be worth it. How much is the Echo Dot? Is it a hundred? I think it's a hundred bucks, yeah. Yeah. Eighty nine, I think. Okay. Definitely definitely worth it for eighty nine. So um, so what do you use it for? I use it for like control of my lights and I use it for news. That's pretty much it. So if you don't have a smart home that can let you control your lights, it would just be for news. For me, yeah, it would just, yeah, in the morning when I wake up and then when I come back from work, I listen to like NPR or something. It just gives you like a little, like two minute flash news briefing. Um, but that's about it. Okay. So, so you know how the iPhone now has the Hey Siri option? Yep. So, so one of my junior associates is named Susie. So whenever I talk to her on the phone, I say, hey, Susie. And every single time Siri starts saying, what do you want? <laughs> Which is, hey, really? Yeah. So I have to, especially, I usually, you know, start talking like, hey, Susie, can you get me that document? And it's, I don't know what document you're talking about. <laughs> and so, so I have weird. to like intentionally remember to put my phone like in my pocket or, or far away when I, when I call her. So. Anyways, <laughs> if you just put your phone uh, face down, it won't do it. By the way, ah, good yep. to know. Yeah. It doesn't do it when it's face down. Is there? There's no way to like change like Siri's invoke invoke name, right? I don't think so. Yeah, like no. I, I've even changed Siri's uh, voice. It's not Siri anymore. I use this one named Alex. Is it a man? Um, but I still, yeah. Uh, There's a there was a post by MG Siegler, and he talks about how he. Uh, like one of the iOS accessibility features is to have it speak the screen to you, and uh, he really likes the Alex voice. He says it's like it sounds more natural. Uh huh. So what he does is he'll do like Instapaper and queue up some stories, and then he'll have it speak it to him, so he doesn't have to read it. Oh, interesting. Um, and he says it's pretty good, but that changes like your whole Siri thing too. So I still say like Hey Siri, but um, the uh, the Alex voice comes out. But you can't. I don't think you can say Hey Alex or or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mine is a yeah. British chick, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, the next thing is uh, an article that, for the life of me, as we've been recording, I've been trying to scan this article to uh, remember the thing that I thought was interesting about it, because I'm the only one that apparently has read this article. Um, it's by the creator of DeepMind, uh, who actually has like a very interesting history. Uh, he started off doing video games, and he worked uh, with Peter Molyneux in like the black and white games and, and things like that. 
Um, and then he got sick of video games. He got a PhD in something or other, founded uh, DeepMind, and then it was acquired by Google. And that's the technology that's kind of uh, powering AlphaGo. And so TheVerge.com had an interesting interview with him talking about like the future of AI assistance or AI in general, right? And I think that the reason why I put this in follow-up is last episode, Mike was kind of saying, well, it's great that AlphaGo can beat the best human in Go, but like, you know, what's the big deal, right? Like, what, where is this going to go next? And he talks about um, basically because it's like a learning AI, we don't need to teach it explicit rules. It can kind of learn almost anything. And uh, I thought I saw a, a stat in here where they said that they kind of had like these learning AIs take over like a uh, like a customer service call center. Um, and all you have to do is kind of tell it when it's doing it correctly and it'll kind of learn and get better over time. And they said something like, you know, after the first week, it could only really handle like one out of every 10 calls. But like after two or three weeks, it was handling six or seven out of 10 calls, right? Hmm. So it can really do like, it's not just for playing games. Although in this article, he does mention that maybe they'll take on the best Korean at StarCraft, which is a joke that I made on Twitter when AlphaGo beat uh, Lee Sedol in Go. But um, that, I mean, it's not just about playing video games. And I thought that was pretty cool. Right? They can do lots of different things. So six out of every 10 customers, that's better than humans already. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Set them to Comcast. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, they talk about Spartan assistants like Siri and like Google Now and things like that. And, um, I mean, the issue with those things is that it's the same thing as like teaching Deep Blue how to play chess, right? You have to pre-program it how to do specific tasks, right? Like make a reservation or check the weather or something like that. And if they, as soon as the person goes off the beaten path or, or asks it a different way or asks for something that it can't do, then it doesn't know, it can't adapt, right? It can't like, figure out, oh, this is what he means, right? It just can't do it. And so once, I mean, I guess you could just hard code a bunch of different use cases in there and, you know, eventually get get to the ideal state that way. Or you can just make it like a, a deep learning AI that learns and you don't need to give it like explicit rules, right? And then they can do everything. So the future of this is like pretty bright, even for like AI assistance. He says this probably will start showing up in phones in about two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be a gradual process. But I mean, that, that's kind of, I don't know. I think it's exciting. Yeah, I'll totally be able to cheat at Go once it's in my phone. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, that, that was that article. I'll have to read it. It's pretty cool. It's, I mean, the guy is just an interesting guy. And, and uh, he, he's clearly very smart and he's younger than all of us so um it's kind of depressing yeah. but, i'll wikipedia um, him later <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay uh let's see what else is there oh okay apple versus fbi yeah so this is kind of breaking news what happened well breaking news two weeks ago yeah <laughs> well basically uh the government department of justice uh was supposed to have a hearing um their preliminary hearing on Tuesday the 22nd and they asked the judge to take the hearing off calendar because they're saying that they found a, another way to get into the iPhone and they no longer need Apple's help. And I think this is me purely speculating by the way, but I think that the uh combination of the brief that Apple turned in which I thought was very good and public sentiment made it so that what they thought was kind of a, a slam dunk that they would get great precedent on no longer is. And so they're not willing to risk the bad precedent and they're actually backing away from this in order to uh, prevent them having a bad ruling against them. So do you think that they actually have a way? Although I guess all the security experts think that the NSA can crack the phone, right? So, I mean, if they actually want to get into this phone, they can do it, right? Right. I think that there is a they probably have a way that they suspect will work. I don't think they have a way that they're you know are sure is gonna work. But I think before they're willing to risk it because they wanted to create quote unquote good law on their side, right? And now that that outcome is no longer as certain, I think they're taking a step back and saying, Do I want to risk making the bad law? And they're actually exploring things like, oh, wait, does the NSA have a way to get in? Is there a backdoor? You know, because even if it's more difficult, it might be better than, you know, possibly losing out on a lot more by getting some bad law against them. Do you think right. that the FBI had this way all along? 
I think that they knew that there were other options, but they weren't willing to go, you know, full on and explore every possible option because they wanted to do it this way and they thought it'd be easier and it would set a precedent to get it in other cases as well. Mm -hmm. So you don't expect them to uh, say, all right, well, it didn't work. Next week we're on. No, I I don't think that's, uh, I think that's a possibility actually. I think that they're going to look into this other option and look at the end of the day, the facts are still really good as far as these types of cases, right? Because you have, terrorism on the one side right it's better than murder it's better than you know child pornography it's kind of the best possible facts right everyone's afraid of terrorism it's like the one thing that everyone gets behind so i think that if they really don't have a way they might come back and say let's take our chances with this case but at the same time if they do have a way even if it's a remote possibility uh, i don't think they'd want to risk hurting the all writs act in in other uh, forms right because the all writs act that they rely on isn't just about electronic things it's also about you know getting into a safe it's also about you know uh getting into you know someone's car or whatever it is and so they wouldn't want uh you know to risk the precedent on on this kind of case especially when you know apple you know kind of has the best and brightest going to bat for them Hmm. it'll be interesting i think yeah definitely i mean if they do what jason you're suspecting which is that they come back if it doesn't work i think that that's going to be very interesting because it's going to put um I think the DOJ in a very bad light because it's going to say, hey, wait a second. You guys are, are kind of doing this willy-nilly. You guys say, look, we really need it. We're desperate. Therefore, and then you take it back and say, oh, just kidding. We didn't explore all, all the options. And then you come back again. I think it's going to make them re- look really bad. So no, no, but can you just argue that it's making them look good? Right. Because I think what a lot of the tech companies are saying is like, you know, oh, just go to the NSA. They can do it, right? And, and you probably haven't even asked them to. And they're saying, oh, you know, we explore all the options, whatever. But now it's like, oh, maybe they actually are exploring the options, right? When all along they're going to come back and say, oh, yeah, you know, we thought we had something, but it's actually not going to work. We need Apple to help, right? It makes it seem like they actually are doing their due diligence versus just saying they're doing their due diligence. I mean, I... I guess, yeah, that that is a good argument. I mean, I would also say that it makes them look bad as well because they went to a magistrate judge ex parte uh, to get the initial order. And, you know, to say that, oh, hey, we, you know, didn't explore all options and we decided to try to, you know, commandeer Apple to do our will without even, like, exploring all the options, I think makes them look bad to begin with. So but they can I, say I, we I, did explore our options. And this is option just came up. Like the guy didn't tell us like a month ago that he can do this. He just came yesterday. And so we're like, oh, hold on. Let's just explore this, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to our conversation last week, right? Where all this legal stuff is usually weighing of interest, right? And, you know, on the one hand, it's, you know, is the interest great enough? And now there's a better argument saying, look, we tried literally everything in order to, you know, uh, try to not have to do this, but at the end of the day, the government interest outweighs the the private interest because uh, there's no other way. So yeah, definitely, I think it it, it could theoretically help, but I, I actually think that they're going to back away from it more than anything because they're afraid of a bad ruling. So, do you think Apple can, if they find out and they're like, "Oh, we're good, we found a way in," Apple can't be like, "Well." Tell us that way, right? No, but they could push a new update to all the phones. And well, but they need to, to they need they need to compel the FBI to tell them first. So they should tell the FBI to make some software for them to kind of uh, yeah <laughs> right. turn the tables on them. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, despite what Donald Trump says, uh, the United States government isn't just another corporation. So okay, uh, what's the next thing? Uh, we have a lot of things to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Uh, real so quick. That's that's all uh, follow up, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Google, uh, you, have you guys seen those Boston Dynamics videos? Yes. Yes. Arneb? Yep. Okay. And, uh, there's a new one that came out that's like, uh, it looks more like a human. It's like two legs instead of four legs. These robots that kind of like are, are really scary, but really cool from a technological standpoint. Wait, why do you think they're um, scary? They're basically Terminators. Well, because like they show like these, like, they're, they used to be these four legged, like, uh, robots. And you can't knock them over because, like, you can try to knock them over, but they'll adjust. Or if they slip and they're on ice, they can kind of correct on the fly and not fall over. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems like these are, like, the first incarnations of Terminators, right? Yep. Skynet has become between this and AlphaGo. Well, so then Google is apparently trying to sell Boston Dynamics now, which they only acquired a couple of years ago. Um, and I think that they 
are trying to uh, shed this image that they are going to like build these like killer robots and and it's going to be bad for humanity. So they're trying to, I guess they they decided which one is more important to them and it's Deep Mind. Um, so they're putting Boston Dynamics uh, on the market. Oh, really? Because I was reading that it's just because they're not going to be profitable anytime soon. Yeah, that's and, what I thought too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a, a fear of Skynet. That I thought that they well, so, so someone that linked me the story had a quote, but I don't know where the quote's from, so I can probably go ask him for it. But um, he did say that they they uh, wanted to avoid some kind of image. Uh, but I mean, it, it's probably both, or they can spin it better as you know they're not going to turn profit, but maybe. It's Google, right? Like they, most of their products don't turn a profit, right? They only make their money off of search. Yeah. Like, I mean, that didn't stop Google Plus, right? <laughs> uh, Wait, zing. you guys don't use Google Plus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this video came out around the same time that like, the AlphaGo stuff was coming out, right? I feel yeah. like it's like the worst time for this video to come out and then be like, oh, hey, this is a Google thing. And then the AlphaGo is like a Google thing too. And then I think the quote that you're talking about is um, the director of communications for Google X, um, where I think he or she said, um, there's excitement from the tech press, but we're also starting to see some negative threads about being, it being terrifying, ready to take humans' jobs. We don't want to trigger a whole separate media cycle about where Boston Dynamics really is at Google. We're not going to comment on this video because there's really not a lot we can add, and we don't want to answer most of the questions it triggers. <laughs> so really humanity is doomed we just don't want to answer questions about it yeah yeah but the, the other thought that i had was um in that new video there's like this robot and he's trying to pick up this box and this guy comes in and he like knocks the box out of his hands with a with a hockey stick <laughs> yeah yeah what right? a dick so everyone's like oh that guy's totally gonna get it as soon as like the video like the ais and the robots like become conscious and they watch this video they're gonna be like let's get that guy right so if i'm google <laughs> And I, you know, that's technically a Google employee. I'd be like, no, 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 we don't own that guy, right? Like, he, he's not one of our employees, right? Like, <laughs> you want to distance yourself from that hockey stick guy as far as possible, is in my opinion. So that's why I think they're selling it purely for the hockey stick. Didn't you think that guy was guy. a huge dick, though? <laughs> I know. So they they want to be like, no, this is not one of our guys, right? Like, we don't know this guy, <laughs> right? Like, don't don't come to Google's offices. Like, we're we're good. Uh, so I don't know. That was my thought. Yeah, the guy was just like an a hole, like the. The robot is trying to pick up the box, put it away, he, like smacks it, like with the hockey, like slides it out of the way when he tries to like bend over and pick it up. Like, come on, he's the yeah, he's the first one gone once Deep Mind or Alpha Go and uh, Boston Dynamics start hanging out together. I, I, I gotta say, I, I'm with uh, I'm with the computers on this one. <laughs> Me too. I love computers. Yeah, computers, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's like that uh, Simpsons episode where uh, Camp Brockman goes, "Welcome, our alien overlords." Oh, yeah, oh, it totally is totally. Okay, what's this next one? Uh, Drawful two Jackbox Party Pack three. Oh, okay. So I put this one in for you, Jason, because I know you're such a huge fan of these party games. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, Arnab, if you ever tried these, uh, this like Jackbox Party Pack games. I've not. Okay, so they're basically like, do you remember You Don't Know Jack? Oh, yeah. Did you ever play that? I love that? that game. So it's basically the creator of that game made these like games that you can play on, uh, it's like on the TV, like through your PlayStation or something, but then each controller is like your smartphone or your iPad, and you just go to like a website, you type in a code, and then, you know, you can play the games. And so you don't have to have, you know, four controllers or people who aren't used to like playing on controllers can just use their phone, which they're more comfortable with. And so we, we tried this out during, what was it? Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving yep. at Jason's house. Uh, these like party games, which were really fun. Um, but Jason didn't have it. Uh, so then I think he ended up buying, did you just buy one or did you buy the second party pack? I bought, I bought both and they were on sale for Black Friday. Okay. Uh, after that. Well, I haven't so, played it since then. <laughs> uh, and so like, but they were really cheap. They were maybe like five or $10 each. Yep. And then, wait, did Drawful 2, that didn't come out yet? I don't think so. So they, I think they announced Drawful 2 and then they announced Jackbox Party Pack 3, which is like a combination of all these games. Uh-huh. Uh, but Drawful 2 is not going to be included in the Party Pack. Okay. Was Drawful included in Party Pack 2? I think so. Drawful 1. Drawful 1. I okay. I mean, you should play it. Like one, one of the games, I forget what it's called. Um, it's very similar to Balderdash, Arnab. Do you remember mm-hmm. playing that back in yeah. high school? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think what they do is they kind of like come up with it. And so you just write whatever you want. Like you write your answer on your phone. You just type it into your phone and it stays on the, on the TV screen. Right. And then, so it, it's, it's essentially balderdash except for you don't need paper and pen, pencil. And so, and you can have like up to eight people play. That sounds cool. Actually, yeah. yeah cool. I, I really like the, you know, phone party game thing because, you know, I played, you know, heads up. And oh, yeah. there's uh-huh. there's a, a phone version of uh, Mafia. I don't know if you guys ever played that. Um, Wait, is it called Werewolf? No, it was called like uh, Mafia something, or uh, it, it was like some knockoff. Uh, okay. I think they called it like Mobsters or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it got rid of the need for playing cards and um, you know things like that, where everyone can kind of they randomly assign you whether you're you know the doctor or the Mafia or the detective. And it kind of just right. makes things easier, and everybody you know has a phone, so it's it's actually pretty cool. I'm I'm a big fan of those. Oh yeah, no, I, I will buy it. Okay, so the Apple event, the uh, well, so what do you think is the bigger news for Apple? Uh, just just out of curiosity, so they did have an event today, right, where they announced a couple of products, which I guess we'll discuss. I guess we'll discuss it now, right, and then we'll we'll figure out which one is the uh, the bigger event later. Yep. Okay, so uh, I actually didn't watch this event because uh, I was busy all day. Um, Mike, did you watch it? No, I just read the uh, like the live blogs. Okay, uh, so the I guess we don't know the order that they announced these in. So let's just go with iPhone SE. I think it was is... Apple Watch bands, then iPhone SE, and then iPad Pro. Okay, Apple Watch bands then. Yep. Um, what did they announce? They announced some uh, nylon bands, right? Yeah, they announced basically their their spring collection. So they yeah, so nylon bands are brand new. In like five or six different colors, which look pretty nice. Um, hey, really? You like them? Yeah, I would get one. The colors look so weird to me because they're like um, they're like combinations of colors or something. Like one of them, yeah, looks they're like, like really close. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, I, I, I'm not looking at it right now, but like there are two colors that are like really close together. That like if you look at it from a distance, it looks like a different color, but when you look really close, it, it you can know. see the individual. Yeah, I yeah, know I feel mean. like I would get dizzy. Right? I think you have to see them in person. Uh, which yeah. I haven't yet, but uh, I mean, I think I would get at least a new band just to change things up. They also released new leather bands in different colors, like the modern buckle bands in different colors. Oh yeah, those look nice. Um, so I don't know. I'll probably I've been looking for new bands, so I'll probably pick one up. Um, what about and, the uh, Space Black Milanese Loop? Uh, I mean, my phone probably wouldn't look good with it because it's stainless. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Hey, so. From from all accounts, it sounds like the Apple Watch wasn't a huge success. But as you guys both have it, and it sounds like you guys wear them semi regularly still, are you guys glad you got them, or is it kind of okay? It's okay. Yeah, I'd agree. It's okay. So kind of like the Echo. <laughs> Not yeah. I use Echo like far more. Hmm. It's funny because like I was thinking about this like uh, it's earlier today, right? Randomly, but um. Yeah, I would say I agree with Mike. It's just okay, right? Like, I, I still wear it every day. Um, it hasn't changed my life or anything like that. But I feel like I'm really excited to see what, or I, I'm kind of excited to see what the next version of the Apple Watch is going to be like. Only, I mean, pro- probably because it has, like, so much room to grow. Yeah. Right? Like, the iPad, yeah, you know, there are features that I could want that will make my iPad better or, like, you know... Uh, same as the iPhone, right? I'm kind of curious for the iPhone 7, but like, I feel like they've had what well, th- this phone is announced a year and a half ago, right? And so by the time the new one comes out, it'll be announced two years. That's a pretty long product cycle, uh, at least for Apple's, you know, when Apple's concerned. And, um, it's just not that good. It needs to be a lot faster. It can, it needs to do more things. And I think the next version of the Apple Watch will probably do that. So, um, I- I'm kind of curious to see how it'll, how it'll, turn out i will say what i do miss i've been using i got my um my watch recently like my regular mechanical watch just came back from like a two-month repair um so i've started to wear that uh like during the week um and i do miss like being at work and then when i'm at work my phone is not on like vibrate and it's on mute so if i'm not looking at it i don't see anything um, and that's where having the watch was really nice, just because I could get pinged on my watch or just the little like taptic engine notifications. Um, and I do miss that, um, just like during the day. Yeah. But, when I switched to Android for a couple of days, uh, I couldn't wear my Apple Watch, and 
I, I'm just so used to having my watch not even, or my phone not even vibrate, not make any noise. Yeah. And I would just miss everything then, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the one use case that I think is pretty nice. But we can get that on like a Fitbit, right? It can now tell you texts and stuff too. If you wanted to wear like a fitness yeah. band and I mean, you couldn't like reply, I don't think, but I don't could. reply that much on my watch though. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, we'll see, but I, I do think that it'll be better. They dropped the price of the watch also, I think by 50 bucks. Oh yeah. 299. Uh, so I, I guess the sport watches are $50 cheaper, but the, uh, stainless steel watches are the same, I think. Oh, okay. Five fifty and six hundred still. Oh wow. That was they were that much? That's how much I paid? <laughs> I paid three hundred. Uh no, no, four hundred. Four hundred, sorry. Um Okay, the uh the iPhone SE is what they announced next. Yeah. Arnett, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, going back to last week, I'm actually a fan of the the four inch phone and Whenever I go back and use like my friend's phone or something like that, I remember how nice it was to have it that size. You know, that that said, I'm definitely used to my 6S now. But if I had to do it again and they're both available and the at the prices they are, you know, the the SE is still significantly cheaper I think than the 6S. I think the what was it? The 64 gig one was I think 399 or 499. I think it's sixteen for four hundred dollars. Um, right, and it's sixty-four for 64. five. Yeah, yeah, well, it's probably yeah. five hundred. So it's, so yeah, it's, it's a like good two hundred dollars like, cheaper. What, I think right, two hundred two hundred fifty dollars cheaper. Yeah, so if if I had to do it again, I would definitely buy the five SE for two hundred dollars less than the six S. Um, but like I said yesterday, already having it, and even if I could sell this and buy that, I'm not. That's way too much work. I'm too lazy to do that shit. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if I was kind of starting from scratch and I, you know, dropped my, my five S in the ocean again, um, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would definitely, uh, get the SE for $200 less. Mike, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get it, right? Well, do you remember, did you ever have like a long time ago, like different phones for like different use cases and just swap out your SIM cards ever? No. You never did that? Well, I mean, what are these different uses? Like, are you buying drugs on one phone and then, like, uh, talking to your mom on the other phone? or No, like, let's say, you remember, like, the Nokia, like, 8800 or something? It was, like, a really dumb phone, but it was really small. It, like, kind of, like, flipped up, kind of. Like, the it exposed, like, the keypad and then kind of made, yep, like, yep. a bigger phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, really high quality. Like, a, I think it was, like, a metal, like, a metal finish um, versus, like... Like the Nokia, like thirty six fifty, like some big, the one that had like the old like analog style looking dial thing, but it was more fully featured. Like it ran like Series sixty, like Nokia stuff. Um, so I remember like sometimes I wouldn't want to carry like a big bulky phone, and then I would just swap out my SIM to like the smaller phone when I just needed it for like not that you could do much on the other phone, you know. But um, I remember doing that and. I don't know. The price is definitely still too high just to like, and the size difference is not that big between the four inch and like the, even the plus. Um, but I don't know. I could see some people maybe doing that. And then they said the, the battery life is supposedly better than the success. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like it's the same processor, but a smaller screen. So, yeah, but then smaller battery too. Is it a yeah, smaller battery? But- well, because the it's case a smaller, smaller body, so I'd assume the battery, yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, it makes sense in terms of like, yeah, sometimes you don't want this huge phone uh, in your pocket, right? So it makes sense to have a smaller phone. I just don't know what those use cases would be and how often you would need to use those to like justify buying another phone. Yeah, I don't think that, and I don't think the differences are that drastic between like the four inch and the the five point I mean, seven. The the other thing I think is, uh, and this is not out yet, but like AT and T has like that number sync thing. Yeah. Um. And so what that is is you can have multiple SIM cards linked to the same account. So it, you know if that comes out, I think that makes more sense because you can have like two phones with two SIM cards, and your phone calls will go presumably to both of them, right? So you don't need to like flip like Physically. switch your swim your SIM card out, right? Because that that's the annoying part, right? It's like switching the SIM card out, going to the other one, and now it doesn't have your messages from the old, other phone and, and things like that. So, um, Well, I think it had still that, would, maybe, right? If, as long as it's on, it would get all your iMessages and stuff. Well, it wouldn't get your text messages. Well, okay, I guess it would get your iMessages, but it wouldn't have other 
things, right? Like that, that's a relatively new thing. It yeah. wouldn't get your text messages until they let you sync text messages. Right. So I don't know. I mean, to me, like to have to swap out the SIM card and then have two different phones doesn't make that much sense. I mean, it's not, it's I, so I much easier now. I had to like turn it off, take out the battery. And then, you know, the SIM card is always hiding behind the battery on those phones. <laughs> yeah. This one is just like, you just need like the little like SIM card ejector tool and that's it. You don't even have to do that yeah. much. But no, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, but I could see maybe some people eventually doing it. Yeah, I mean, I guess much more so if you had the plus like you guys. I think for me, it's it's definitely not you know a big enough difference between the six S to you know justify another yeah. five hundred dollar phone. Right. But yeah, you know, I could see it if, if someone you know if if the price was like two hundred bucks and and you had a you know a six S plus. Yeah, I could see some people doing it, but yeah, I mean, I think the main thing was that it's for a foreign market as much as it is for a U.S. market. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the biggest reason they did it. Um, like India or something like that? Yeah, definitely like India and China and, th- and things like that. Just because I-, I know from my you know family in India that they – like Apple products are, are just huge there. They're just way too overpriced compared to the Android equivalents. But it's kind of a, a very prestige purchase to have an iPhone. So if there was, you know, a slightly cheaper version that that was out and still supported, I definitely think, you know, some rich people would would want to have that. But I think right now the price difference is just way too much to outside the super rich to justify people buying iPhones in general, so. I mean, that said, the the iPhone I see actually does look pretty good, I think. So they actually just kept the body of the 5 essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, the chamfered edges are like matte instead of like the shiny glass. But the right. chamfered edges of the Air Two are still shiny, right? The Air Two, I think, is still shiny. Yes. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I looked, and then now it's available in rose gold. Uh, it does have a camera bump now, which kind of sucks. Oh yeah, but yeah, but um. I mean, I think it looked really nice. If you are into that form factor, like say you really like the five or the four inch phone, um, and you get like the same internals as the six S other than touch ID. Um, I think it's a really nice phone, actually. I, it's just not for me. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. And, and the, uh, the last thing was the, uh, the new iPad Pro. So is this for you, Jason? So this is, this is the iPad Pro. It's similar to the, the 12-inch iPad Pro, right? Right. So it get it got the like the Apple Pencil support. Um, it got like the better screen. Well, it has an even better screen than the 12-inch iPad. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's the 12, 12.9-inch one, but even better, right? So it has the same processor. I believe it has the same RAM, but I guess I haven't. That was the rumor. I don't think that I saw that today. But um, it has the same exact processor. It has better cameras than the uh, the bigger iPad. Um, and, uh, it has a new screen, which has true tone display, like true, true tone technology is what they're calling it, which is, it's a little weird. Um, they are, I guess, using sensors to kind of judge the ambient light in the room that you're viewing it at. And it will adjust the, the color temperature of the screen accordingly, uh, to match. This is different than the nighttime reading set settings. That it is at. different. Okay. Right. And you can turn them off and on individually. Uh, the, the true tone, there's a setting in the iPad where you can turn it off. Um, and I don't think anyone had heard this rumor before the event. So, I mean, it's interesting. I, I haven't seen it in, in action, so I don't know whether I would even like it or not, but I guess it's interesting. Um, what else does that? It has less glare, better brightness, and the, uh, the improved color gamut similar to the, uh, latest 5K IMAX. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, I bet you the screen's going to be really nice. Yeah. And it comes so, in rose gold, which the big one doesn't. Oh, sweet. Then I'm in. I, that's what I, th- I thought that would push you <laughs> over the edge. So do you guys have the iPad Pro or not? Mike does. I do. And yeah, what's I have your, the iPad Air 2. What's your verdict on it? Um, I mean, I like it. I use it every day. Uh, I took it to like this uh, breastfeeding basics class this past weekend. And I was just like the envy of the class, let me tell you. For the camera? Uh, <laughs> no, I was just taking, taking notes in like one note. Oh, okay. With it. So, I mean, I Annotated think. Annotated pictures? <laughs> and it, yep. Um, I think it would be great, like as a student. I think, well, I think it's just, it is big. And so 
you know, taking notes on that, yeah, like an Air 2 or like a 9.7-inch device wouldn't be a horrible size to take notes on. Um, but, you know, I have the I have the big pro, so I'll stick with it. I mean, the Air 2, though, like the 9.7 size for pencil support is actually a little small. Like, I think you kind of need the bigger size if you're going to be drawing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, so... I, I really like the iPad Pro, the big one, when I had it for a little bit before I returned it. Um, I was just okay with, uh, my Air 2 still, and I kind of like the, the form factor of the Air 2. So one would think that I would want to get this iPad Pro 9.7 inch. Um, but the pricing is just, I don't know, like, it's kind of starting to annoy me. Like, Apple's, like, how they play games with the storage. So normally, like this size iPad, like the 9.7 inch, starts at 4.99 for the lowest size, which traditionally has been 16 gigs. And then, uh, like my Air 2 was 5.99 for 64 gigs, right? Uh, and that's the one that I have, so I need about 64 gigs. Uh, this iPad Pro 9.7 starts at 5.99, so they increase the price by $100 for the base model, and that's only 32 gigs, right? And so you would think maybe. Uh, they would have a 64 gig or something like that or, um, for $100 more, but it's actually 128 gigs for $150 more, right? So the one that I would need is probably the 128 gig one at 749 And once you're at 749 that's like significantly more than what I paid for my Air 2 back in the day. Yeah. It's kind of like pushing, creeping closer to like the $1,000 range once you add in like a new case that you need to like cover the screen, tax, things like that, like it just seems too expensive to me. Yeah, I had a similar issue when I got my my MacBook or my MacBook Air that I really wanted the 256, you know, gig one, but the price difference between the 256 and the 128 was like $325. And right. I could I just couldn't justify that to, for, you know, more space and so yeah it is kind of annoying that they don't like give you every option um and that they kind of you know know that they're going to force people into you know paying a lot more for the size they need so but but there they actually are giving you like 128 or 256 right there's just a big difference because uh, solid state memory is expensive i guess i don't know if it's it's probably not 300 dollars expensive but yeah like- but but that's what I mean. I mean, I I think that they could have, you know, offered it for less. But yeah, I see what you're saying. They don't even offer a 64 gig version, right? So because they know that like 32 is too small and 128, they can say, oh, but you're getting 128, but you need to add an extra 50 dollars. But like, no, I don't want that 50 dollars, right? Just give me the 64 for 100. I don't know, right? Like, they're they, like they do the same thing with the iPhone 6s, right? Uh, it's 16 gigs and 64 yeah. gigs, and so you know. Yeah, you're not going to buy the 16 gig one. That's too small. So everyone kind of gets bumped up to the hundred dollar one for you know hundred dollars extra for 64 gigs, right? Yeah, that's what um, I was looking for 32 because that's what my 5s was, and I had to get the 64. So yeah, so you end up it ends up increasing their like average selling price just right. because it makes yeah it like starting at doesn't really mean anything when it's not really usable. Right, uh, that just kind of annoys me. I don't know. So like if I had like. You know, I wouldn't mind paying six hundred dollars for this thing, um, but if you it know, was for sixty-four gig, right? Yeah, something like that for for six hundred dollars, right? Because that's kind of traditionally what the price has been. But to now all of a sudden pay seven hundred fifty dollars, and my Air too, like I still use it every day. I really like it. Um, I was considering getting this, but uh, and I kind of suspected that they would raise the price like this, and they did, but. Um, I don't know. I'm probably not going to get it. Jason, why don't you try getting it and just visiting some breastfeeding classes and see how it goes? <laughs> Take some notes. See how you yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. If, if if you get kicked out or arrested, just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this did a like a wonder for the Air 2, right? Oh, In so they, they bumped the price down. Yeah, unfortunately. that Because I was going to sell my Air 2 maybe and uh buy one of these new ones but um i guess now that i'm not selling it it's not a big deal but yeah so they they dropped the price finally of the air 2 uh it was 499 and now it's 399 which is really good actually that's probably the ipad to get yeah i think that's the like the sweet spot of ipads right now yeah should i get my first ipad yes. i really like the air 2 it's yeah. really good um the weird the kind of confusing thing is is that like mark german from 9to5mac was saying how 
Um, and I think he's actually incorrect a little bit because I think they lowered the price maybe of the uh, iPad Mini. Uh huh. I think it's two sixty nine or something like that. Is that is that right? Or they uh, they have an iPad Mini for two sixty nine. iPad Mini two is two sixty nine. I think. Oh, okay. So then, how much is the oh two sixty nine? Um, so the Mini four is still three ninety nine. I think so. I don't think they changed the price of that one. Let me so see. then, for three ninety nine, you can choose between an iPad Mini four, right, or an iPad Air two, and the Air two is bigger. And traditionally, I guess what he's saying is like in Apple products, like the iPhone, you pay $100 extra for the bigger size, right? Or like the iPad mini versus the iPad regular, it was a $100 difference between the bigger sizes, right? But the iPad Air 2 actually has like a faster processor. It's bigger and it's the same price, right? So unless you really need that smaller form factor, like why would you ever get that one? It seems a little weird. Like the pricing is kind of out of whack. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people who love the mini though, because... Last, you know, few people I know who all purchased iPads all bought minis. So I think that they uh, probably have some kind of good sales data saying that the mini is selling really good at the price it's at. So Yeah, there's no need to, to lower it. I mean, I had a mini and when I first got it, uh, I really liked it. I was like, oh, this is the best size for the iPad. Um, but for some reason, I got an Air 2 and uh, I, I've never looked. Now when I look at Karen's mini, it's like way too tiny. And I'm like, oh, this is like not usable like the air 2 is like perfect but can can you use it with one hand though yeah so the air 2 is actually surprisingly light it, it's um when i first got it i was like oh it's still heavier than my mini so like reading it in bed is probably going to be not ideal but um i i've never and i guess i've had it for about a year and a half now like i've never found it to be heavy uh, or burdensome or like uh i've never dropped it on my face uh while reading <laughs> because i fell asleep so it, it, it's not, you know, I guess the mini is a little bit lighter and, and easier to hold. But um, I think the Air 2 is like plenty light and usable with one hand. Even if you have Donald Trump-like tiny hands? <laughs> hey, <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> that That is the one bad thing about the uh, the big iPad Pro is it is very heavy. And it's uncomfortable yeah, I mean, to like kind of hold... And like watch things like I mean I did like the pro when I had it like the big one yeah um, I think the reason why I returned it was because like I didn't need it like my Air Two is is good for now mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for like the software features to like improve and then for like the uh, the next hardware revision of the i big the bigger iPad Pro yeah so let's um, say iPad Pro Rev B or Rev Two comes out would right you, in October, November. Yeah, would you get the twelve point nine or the nine point seven, or would you get like the Air three? Um, I mean, we'll see. But like, I think that I, I could be tempted by like the Rev two of the bigger iPad Pro. Okay. If they made it lighter, um, and thinner, and like you know, obviously that's, better. That's Apple better specialty. Right. You know. So if they do that, like I think that I was like, well, I really like this iPad Pro. Surprisingly, like I really like the screen. It's really nice. Um, it is a little bit unwieldy to hold, but if they can, uh make better use of like that screen software wise and then also make it thinner and lighter um then that's probably the the one to get so we'll see and if they make it more expensive then jason's definitely in oh no then i'm out (laughs) (laughs) oh but they did they did make a uh they released a new one right like a 256 gig for 1200 dollars, i think Uh, yeah 1100 i think i think the ipad pro tiers are 150 dollar difference between storage like tiers yeah so I think the the one that I have is like nine forty nine. So I think it's yeah ten ninety. I mean, I guess that makes sense though because like, um, you're you're not going like I guess the difference between sixteen gigs and thirty two gigs is only sixteen gigs, right? But now you're going from like one twenty eight to two fifty six. You're getting significantly more storage, right? Yeah. Um. So I, it looks like they're going to be charging like one hundred fifty dollar differences between them, right? Mm-hmm. So, eh, we'll see. I don't think I need a 256 gig iPad anytime soon. Yeah. So is this the first Apple event where we're not buying anything? Um, well, I didn't buy anything last year uh, other than the phone. I didn't buy a new iPad. Okay. Cause you already had the Air 2. Yeah. Um, and then now I'm not buying a new iPad or phone, but like nothing to even test out, right? You tested out the iPad. Yeah. Pro. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I would test out the, uh, the iPad Pro. Although Karen is interested in the iPad, the, uh, the 9.7 inch. Okay. So we'll see. We might have one in the house, but just not uh, not mine. <laughs> uh, 
All right. And then iPhone SE, nobody's getting. Wait, so Arnab, like, so if they do come out with a new iPhone SE, right? And you're like, your contract is up or whatever, you need a new phone because your phone's getting old. You would get the, the cheaper one? Uh, I would definitely, Sorry. I, I would definitely consider it. Like, like I said, I think when I w- had the four inch and I was used to that and I wasn't yet used to the, you know, larger, 6s size i would have definitely stuck with it because there was definitely two to three weeks where i was like man i wish this phone was smaller now that i'm used to it you know i i don't mind it and there are definitely some kind of you know times when i'm like watching a video in bed or something like that that i'm like oh you know what it's nicer to have the the larger screen but the the price difference is substantial so i would definitely consider it and i would probably lean towards getting uh, the smaller one for for cheaper. Yeah, it's about like a fifty percent price bump, I guess, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if if it was fifty bucks more, I'd probably be like, you know what, I'll stick to it. But right now, you're you're talking about basically five hundred versus like seven fifty. It's like two hundred fifty dollars, you know. So right, yeah. That that's that's kind of that's en- enough that the you know slightly larger screen isn't worth it for me. And there are some benefits. Like, I still think it's a lot easier to use the other one with one hand. You know, when I'm texting and driving, I mean, not texting and driving. Um, yep. it's, well, because you have Donald Trump hands. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, when I'm not texting and driving, it's e- it's much easier with the uh, four-inch phone. So Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not buying anything from this Apple event, but like I, I was really hoping that they would announce new MacBooks. Yeah. Which they didn't, sadly. So we'll have to wait um, till what? What do you think? You think it'll be a stealth update or do you think WWDC? Yeah, I don't, see, it can't be. Like, so there are some rumors that they might announce, uh, what I think they could do is rev the, uh, the plain MacBook. MacBook One. Without an event. Yeah, MacBook One. Uh-huh. Uh, they could probably rev that without an event and say, hey, we have new MacBooks, faster processor. Unless they're going to do something like now it has two USB-C ports or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but if it's the same form factor, they can probably not have an event and, and update those. Um, but I can't see them because the rumor is the MacBook Pros are going to be like a form factor change, right? Yeah. So they need to have an event for that, I think. So WWDC or special? Yeah, probably WWDC, yeah. Oh, now, I don't yeah. think they'll do another another event between now and WWDC. I mean, my 15-inch like original Retina MacBook Pro has been you know going strong, but... Oh, I just really want like a new MacBook. Yeah, no, Karen too. Like, so she uh, was at an internship. So she has like a MacBook Air 13 inch. Uh huh. Um, and she had an internship where they gave her a 15 inch Retina, and uh, she just loved it. And then her internship just ended, so she had to give it back last week. And she's so sad. And she's like, "I need to go buy like another laptop." And I was like, "No, don't buy one now. Like, you need to wait." <laughs> but yeah. like, it could be the rumor is for the like the 15 inch MacBook Pros. It could be like October. Or so, September, October. Oh my goodness! So I don't know what we're gonna do, but um, yeah, she really wants one. Do you think they'll have a, a Retina MacBook Air? I thought they were going to, and then the MacBook came out. The twelve-inch MacBook came out. So I'm not sure if they're just gonna live side by side until the MacBook Retina MacBook line expands to kind of fill like the old MacBook Air, like cannibalizes the old MacBook Air line. Um, right. but I don't know. I, I, I thought there would have been until the 12 inch MacBook came out and now I'm not so well, sure. The rumor is they're going to come out with a bigger MacBook, right? Like a 14, 15 inch MacBook. Yeah. Um, so I think what they'll do is they'll come out with a bigger MacBook. So they have the 12 inch and, you know, whether it is 14 or 15 inch MacBook and then, yeah, just make the MacBook Air just have like these, uh, you know, spec bumps, right? No retina screen, just, just if you want, like, cause they still have that, like, MacBook Pro that has, like, the, the CD drive, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not a retina screen. They still sell that thing. So I think that's probably what they'll do with the MacBook Air, right? Like, if you want, like, a super cheap, under $1,000 non retina screen, like, go ahead and buy the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're not going to come up with, like, a retina MacBook Air and a retina MacBook and then a retina MacBook Pro. Like, that seems like too many computers. Right. Makes sense. All right. Uh, oh, wait. So what did you think was the most significant thing then? Or the um, most important? The the fact that they didn't come out with anything significant. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was like, um, I think Joshua Topolsky was like, they could have been better off just doing a um, like exclusive content like with like online publications. 
right? Like they, they have the iPhone SE event like be published by The Verge and then they have like iPad Pro by Ars Technica or something like that, right? Um, and I think they would get similar buzz without having to go through this hoopla over these products that everyone kind of knew about. I, I guess it's not really their fault though, right? Like everything leaked, but technically everything is like there are new products. It's just that everyone knew about these products. Yeah, but they're not, they are new products, but they're not like New, new form products. factor, just yeah. not like yeah. old internals, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like the iPad Pro is already out. They just released a smaller version. The iPhone right. 5 is out. The iPhone 6 and 6S and are out. But they just right. stuck like the 6S internals into the 5 body. Yeah. I mean, I, I was disappointed that there was no... Like there was a rumor that there was going to be like an iTunes refresh that was going to make Apple Music much better. Um, there was just no surprise that, other than like the True Tone display maybe. And the camera bumps. Yeah, camera bumps everywhere. <laughs> yeah, when I read it, I was just pretty just generally underwhelmed. Like, I was like, oh, I, I really wanted to follow this live. And then I got busy. And then I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't waste my time following this live. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I'm excited for WWDC. Yeah, that's our only hope. Yeah, well, we should get by then. We'll have at least some new Macs. Um, and then, uh, I mean, they have to announce... Probably like the uh, the updated cinema display too, right? Yeah, eventually, but who knows? Well, when, well once they come out with the MacBooks that have like uh, Thunderbolt three, is it or whatever? Yeah, the one that can do the yeah that can like do five K. Yeah, right. So we'll have new Macs. We'll have new iOS versions. Um, I actually think WWDC is like one of my more excited uh, like the days I look forward to most, just because there's two like a lot of new things. Yeah, when is it? When's I don't know if they announced until? it yet, but it's, it's typically in June. It's like Christmas, then WWDC in Jason's life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or is it WWDC no, and then Christmas? Yeah, it's probably that now. <laughs> now Christmas just means I have to buy presents for other people. Right. And d- WWDC means what you're going to buy for yourself, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, it appears oh, likely yeah. June 13th to 17th, according to Mac Rumors. Okay. Yeah. So there, and then, I mean, obviously the iPhone event. Um, those are the two big Apple events for me. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening this week, all three of you. You can leave feedback <laughs> at forthepodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at forthepodcast. Um, and there's a support tab on the website that has an Amazon search box. Um, it helps pay for hosting and for uh, RNAB's earmuffs. <laughs> Which are um, important. And, <laughs> and scarves. They all in scarves, yep. And I think that's it. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.